Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, L.A.? Good morning. Hopefully everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. Alan Sliwa, BK. Brian Kamenitsky in the house. How the how them headphones work? I am there? not hearing anything. Okay, Didn't that's a good even, start. Had you not started talking, sure. I wouldn't have known the show started. Started clapping, and yeah. you were like, "Bro, relax. Whoa, here we are. Yeah, on, relax. On live it's radio. Ten a.m. in the morning. I, Just I, uh, I, I know you're excited. To keep see yourself asleep. Keep don't to yourself. Need a round of applause. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I don't need it. I even stood up actually. I stood up and I started clapping implied. for you. It was I, for no reason, no reason at all. I just said I'm going to clap for BK. My presence. So yeah. Travis has been out for it seems. I think Travis has been out for two and a half months. I think now that I have the exact count, I, he he sits at the same station, the same spot. Yep. As Steve Mason. That's right. And I believe it's contagious. It might be wearing I, I off. I think a bit. what what Steve has there is sort of seeped into the chair and through Travis's rear. And into his body. Well, what Travis has said is in the past that he's always said, man, I wish I can do that. Like, Trav, you can do it. Don't tell yourself that you can't do it. Of course you can take time off. But T-Raj has been out, uh, I'm not kidding, for two and a half months. Uh, he's back in tomorrow. We got a lot to get into. Let, let's start with this. Let's put sports to the side for a quick second. How's your 4th of July weekend? It was good. Any uh, Anything special going on over there in the BK household? We uh like holiday wise, yeah. Just what you guys to do? celebrate America? Barbecue? Did you? We, what did you guys uh, do? See, I, I can't remember three days ago, so I'm just going to go back to yesterday. We didn't do anything. Yesterday we were home because the day before was our sort of big Fourth of July event. We went to a friend's house. So is that what everybody did? Played. Was everybody Sunday? I think there was a lot of Sunday partying because yeah. it was really weird watching fireworks yesterday and people partying, and then boom, you're in. I'm on the freeway on the 110 at. At Tuesday, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Here? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like three day weekends. They, they throw me off. They confuse me. I mean, I like the experience of like having them, mm-hmm. but I prefer the holiday to be on the Friday and not the Monday because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like this, this throws me off. But um, America really screwed up for your schedule. They bro. really did. They really, um, really jacked. Love up it or leave schedule. it. I understand why they but, didn't make oh, it on July 3rd or July 1st or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, so let, let me kind of explain here. So I, I was off. Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday was it was when I was off. I got to be honest. I feel like I haven't worked in a month and a half. I really do feel that way. Wednesday when the show ended. Well, I, here's why. Mostly I think the, the last two weeks of shows that I've heard, yeah, mm. you kind of phoned it in. Mm. So, I mean, you, while you physically have been working, yeah. I'm not sure how. Because you're supposed to tell me that during a break. No, you're not supposed you, to tell you brought me that it up when we're on <laughs> you, air. You brought it up. I mean, just say, "Hey, Al, I, I heard this is an, it's I a heard safe a few space. of the shows. Like, it's just open. Heard a few of the shows right. leading and, up to free agency. Right. Got to be honest with you. I just really thought sure that I just thought that's where all. you were. I thought I assumed that's where you were going. All right, listen. So Wednesday, Wednesday, I do the show, and I did the show down in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I was spent a couple days there. I, I had some buddies of mine that we haven't got together, all been kind of in the same place in a long time. We rented out a place in Carlsbad, just an Airbnb. When I tell you the show ended Wednesday at one fifteen, the state of mind that I was in by about one forty five, okay, give it 2 o'clock. My weekend started then, and I can't tell you how much I was ready and prepared to come back to work. I'm like, i got to get my life back together. When you, get, when you get three or four of those days in a row – where it's so out of like you know it's, you're out of your routine. I don't even know what I'm putting in my body. I was, I'm having California burritos as if they're going out of style. Do you know what a California burrito I do. is? I do. They're delicious. Not that many, by the way. It, for some reason, the best why, burrito. Why is L.A. behind on the California burritos? I don't feel like L.A. offers California burritos. They're just in San Diego. You're not going to the right places. San Diego, it's like that's they're known for their California burrito. But anyways, I'm I'm going through just whatever it is that you can possibly consume from drinking and maybe some other stuff as well. Tremendous amounts of drugs. Just everything, all put into a blender. It was like leaving. uh, It was Woodstock. Well, it was Woodstock. I meant fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but leaving Las Vegas also takes you in a dark path. But it was you and your buddies on the road doing the Johnny Depp. Yep. 
you know, uh, Benicio Del Toro thing. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. Tripping out everywhere yeah. we went. Um, and then eventually I worked my way back up to Los Angeles, and I'm like, all right, what day is it? What the hell am I doing here? And then we're here. I, I really love the idea of Alan Sliwa leading a second life, a double life that mm. is so mm. wildly out of character for what yeah. people would expect. Like, literally, the idea that you... You know, you check out for a couple of days in San Diego. People think you're down there. You're, you're hanging out with family or something. Right. You are on a an 80s style binge, just nonstop, 96 hours straight awake. Yep. And just boom. Every, I tried every there, drug. Boom, boom, boom. I tried boom, every drug in the all books. All of them. All of them. And I spent most. I woke up. I don't know how many different times in Mexico. Right. Where I had no idea what happened. Like deep. Like not just like across the border, but like no. way south. Mexico City. Much closer to like, I don't know, Panama. I, I wasn't in <laughs> Ensenada. I wasn't in no. Uh, Tijuana. No, uh-huh. no, no. I was hours deep. Uh, so that was the, that was the, okay, so most people did, most people did the fireworks. You said on Sunday. I got a couple, I got a double action fireworks i got sunday and I yeah got i mean by, by doing fireworks do you mean actually going somewhere to watch yeah. them or just walking outside your house because people your neighbors are doing it sunday no not the neighbor thing okay the neighbor thing that's their own there's no organization let's oh no put it that way and they don't care like hey you know what if this happens to catch the roof on fire what are you no. going to do what are you going to do this is why you have insurance right this is why you've <laughs> built it this is why state farm is a part of your family um, yeah, I did. I, Sunday, I was up in Lake Arrowhead, kind of a really cool fireworks show on Sunday night. And then yesterday in Pasadena. They were doing them. I wouldn't yeah, think they would they'd be worried about, you know, fire and drought and things. Do them in the lake. And okay. that's where they shoot them off. So there is just enough I was about cushion. To say, is there still a water in the lake these days? There's man-made. So they're probably, mm-hmm. however, they're pumping that water. They're definitely pumping some water. All right, good for them. That's kind of it. And then here we are, like, it's kind of the funny thing is as you kind of go through these last couple of days, you almost kind of forget what the hell happened. And then you end up here, and I thought uh, four different times over the weekend that Kyrie was going to become a Los Angeles Laker, and Kyrie is still not a Los Angeles Laker. See this latest one from Shams? Funches, you saw it. What, what was he on? He was on with... Uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. So he's on with Pat McAfee. And I want to actually get the exact quote here because I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, we got the sound now. Sure. Okay, let, let's let's play the sound here real quick. This is um, Sham Sharani on with Pat McAfee, literally probably within the last hour or so. Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Lakers or not? There's no traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving, Yikes. so um, there's there's nothing new on that, and uh, and I, I'm not quite sure we're going to see that take place. All right, so this is what I'm going to try to decipher as best as I can. We hear this enough to where. I'm trying to figure out, all right, is this a comment from Shams because this is some type of leverage that a team is trying to have leverage on the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. What What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear Shams say that, you know, he's not sure that a deal will go down? <laughs> Were it a Sunday, I'd go back to bed. It's like th- I, this is the process. Um, I, I mean, he could be right. I, I mean – I don't know if this is going to happen. I, I can't guarantee that Kyrie Irving is going to end up a Laker and Russell Westbrook's going to go somewhere. There's no Brooklyn. traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving. What does that mean? That's what does quote. traction mean? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not criticizing Shams. He's doing the reporting, and you know, but you know, Mark Stein over the weekend. It's you know, this is going to happen at some point. You know, Woj before Shams before going into the weekend. I think that means there's no traction today. There's no like, sure. It's not happening tomorrow. It's not happening before we're off air, which is a bummer. But um, like, do I still think eventually a Kyrie Irving deal is going to happen? Yeah. What I what I what I think is funny about it when you talk about what does this mean? Who's trying to get leverage here? This is one of the great trades where neither side has any leverage whatsoever. Like nobody has any like real hammer that they can drop. The Lakers don't have to trade for Kyrie and give up all their stuff or whatever, make it some sort of crazy deal. Um, The Nets could theoretically just play this thing out because their season's kind of cooked anyway because they have to do the Durant thing. Like there's, And they're only dealing with each other. There's no third team here as far as anyone knows. Yeah, that you know, when I hear there's no leverage, I, actually I think Brooklyn's got more leverage than the Lakers. Yeah, you know, I, I think that if... 
if KD didn't decide, hey, I want to get traded, and they're figuring out, um, going from, are we going to compete for a championship to, they're going to blow this whole thing up. We know we saw some of this, what they want from KD. They want a all-star, young all-star mm-hmm. player and a ton of draft picks. They're obviously going to go in a different direction. I think for the Lakers, you're stuck on this. Whether we're delusional or not, and more likely we're delusional than, than the not part, I think you're still stuck in this, well, this might be your only opportunity to actually potentially compete in the Western Conference is by, making, sure. is by making a trade go down. I think there is a little bit of leverage. For I, the I mean, I'm Knicks. sure Brooklyn's trying to exploit that feeling of desperation, but you know, it's sort of like the parameters are, are laid out there. The Lakers cannot give up more than the two picks, Westbrook. They could throw in uh, THT. They could throw in Kendrick Nunn. And that's about it. Like, you know, maybe, you know, you, re- you insist on Austin Reeves or, you know, the, the Max Christie or something like th- But they don't have a whole lot else to give. And, and Brooklyn, in the process of trying to get rid of Kyrie, they're also trying to get rid of Joe Harris. And they're trying to get rid of, of, of uh, Seth, Seth Curry. Seth Curry. And like, Joe Harris has got the multi-year, right? He's got, a he's got one more contract. year beyond yeah. this one. Reportedly, at least last week, while mm-hmm. there was apparently traction that has since disappeared. Um the the Lakers were more pushing for Curry because he's an expiring deal as opposed to Harris. Personally, I'd take them both. Of course. <laughs> I think the Lakers think about could the use Lakers shooting both last of them. year, and you go get two sharpshooters like that. Forty four percent on their career, both of them. Joe Harris, assuming he's healthy, shot forty seven and a half percent from three point range in two of the last three seasons he's played. Forty seven. So even uh, you know accounting for that thing that happens the minute somebody puts on a Lakers jersey and yep. you completely forget how to shoot, that still probably only drops him down to about 40, which would lead the Lakers by a mile. Look, this, this is why, this is, in, from a leverage perspective, this is why I've always kind of thought to myself, I was thinking about this over the weekend too, I'm like, all right, well, if let's say Brooklyn doesn't do a deal with the Lakers, they don't necessarily, because the expectations are going to be different, because you don't have LeBron James mm-hmm. on the other side, part of me is like, well, if they don't, they're not happy with what the Lakers are giving them. They could just sit back and wait. They could. And they could just yeah. – and if Kyrie is upset or whatever, okay, well, Kyrie, you got the fine year of contract. Maybe there's a team that eventually comes in and says – and this very often happens in the NBA. They're not going to change Kyrie. But, no, no, we can make Kyrie work on our team. We can – because of our infrastructure, because of our people, because he maybe has a relationship with this guy – Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And maybe they're a Kyrie talent away Mm. from being a better team in the East or the West. I do give them a little bit on that perspective from a leverage. I feel like for the Lakers. They're certainly hoping. They're certainly I, hoping somebody else. I literally feel like for the Lakers, it's like, okay, you got to get this done, right? You got to get this done. And I, I don't even know. I don't know what, you know, what it becomes if you just kind of look at it from a perspective of you were just talking about the two draft picks and, okay, well, you, you want to give up THT as well. Okay, hey, you want to give up Austin Reeves? Let's do this when we come back. What is too much for Kyrie? And, and, if, and if there's some listeners out there that are so opposed to this, what do you mean you're going to go get a guy that played 20-something games that didn't get the vaccine coming to the uh, – that's the guy that you're trying to target? Mm-hmm. You can feel free to give us your thoughts, 877-710-ESPN. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Alan Sliwa and BK, Brian Kamenitsky, Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. All right, hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. Brian Kamenitsky filling in for Travis Rogers. Um, we're, we're having the conversation about – 
Kyrie Irving, and uh, it's funny, BK, because when you kind of started listing out, well, this is what the Lakers can offer, and they can't really offer more than mm-hmm. what they have. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be something that I think at this point everybody's just expecting a deal to get done at some point, and hopefully you can move on from Russ and hey, you know what, it just didn't work out. And some people say, oh, well, you know, I, I remember during the exit interviews, well, guys, they only played 21 games together. Cool, that's fine. We, we and we got a chance to see those 21 games and. It's not like it was perfect basketball. They did not light the world on fire. Yeah, it's you know it'd be different. You won sixteen of those games. You're like, oh damn, when these three are together, it's amazing. So I think everybody's just looking for a can we see something different? And there's no guarantee that it's it would work with Kyrie. There's no guarantee that this thing wouldn't blow up in their face. But I think just the mere fact that you got a chance to taste something and you didn't like the taste, and you're saying, okay, well if I try that same food again, I know what the taste is going to be. Let me try something different, right. and then even if I don't like that, at least I got two things that were different that didn't but, but taste like, well. I will say, like the odds of the Kyrie thing working at least, you know, when you can, if if you can separate mm-hmm. out the Kyrie, you know, waves hands <laughs> wildly mm-hmm. stuff, uh, you know, to the side and just look at the basketball player, much better fit. Talking about a guy who is a legit forty percent three point shooter, um, and is one of the best finishers in the game. A, you know, a guy who's actually good at playing off ball, works yep. well with LeBron, understands that relationship. Right, and we've seen it, is. right? Then they want a championship together, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so from a basketball standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. So, you know, I, I get that. And I will say, your point about leverage, Brooklyn has time on their side whether the Lakers don't necessarily. So I think that's a really good point. My point was only that there doesn't appear to be a lot of competition yeah. for Kyrie. So in that sense, the Lakers don't have to hurry. But, yeah, I mean, it's like you you know you're not going to win a title with Russ. You just know it. I mean, it's it's not going to work. They're not going to be able to make up – what did they win? 30, 33 and games? something. 16 games below 500. Right. I mean, and that – you know, so just yeah, back, you got to get back to the playoffs and you got to start jumping over. You know, the Clippers are going to be back next year yep. stronger and Portland. Denver will have a couple better. of guys. Denver's yep. better, you know. Okay, Utah comes back to the pack a little bit, but Minnesota's going to be a little bit better. You know, I, you've, they've got so much ground to make up. The, even if everybody stays healthy, the team they have right now with Westbrook is not going to be good enough. To so make the playoffs, so but that's not they're not going to win a title. So then it comes down to what's too much. I mean, is there an mm-hmm. offer that that's too much? I, I was mentioning this that this was probably within the last I don't know thirty minutes or an hour or something along those lines. Um, you had Shams who was on with Pat McAfee on his show, and there's no traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving. So this, within the last hour or so, we're picking some of this up. What's too much? I mean, is there if Rob Palenka is sitting back and he's having um, he's having this conversation with the front office of the Brooklyn Nets? It, it's funny because I, I think the Lakers do have a little bit of leverage of the Russ contract. Obviously, is going to expire. All right, here's a first rounder in 2027. Okay, here's a first rounder in 2029. And I don't know if if it's going to come down to those two first rounders. Lakers only want to give one. Brooklyn wants two of them. Maybe it's going to come down to Joe Harris or or Seth Curry or both of those guys. Hey, can mm-hmm. you take back some bad contracts that we have? I'm talking about Joe Harris being a bad one. What's too much? Like wait, See, it, right? And I, but I wouldn't consider Joe Harris a bad contract. I don't either. I first things first. I think that maybe this is something. We'll, I'm sure this is something we'll get to later. You know, looking back at free agency and you know the the, the Lakers and Rob Palenka have a borderline obsession with keeping clean cap sheets. You know, we gotta have all of a. You can make trades. You can look what the Knicks did to make space for Jalen Brunson. They unloaded like 17 people. Like you know, and, and, and that, they talked to him well before free agency they started, also which never happens. No, they, they that also would never happen. Um, so you can do, you can do stuff, and you could sign guys, and you can move as long as you're signing decent players. Joe Harris, if he's healthy, and all this is, is predicated on the idea that he can play. His Eighteen this year, nineteen next year. Forty-seven and a half percent from three-point range in a league that values wings who can shoot. Mm-hmm. You got to trade Joe Harris, not a problem. You know that won't be hard. You you know so. I don't can, consider can I, can I, I don't example? consider Joe Harris a bad contract. So if they want to attach that, mm-hmm. 
you think it's a draft compensation is what it's what here, the Lakers are holding on to knowing that hey we don't have many picks here in in a couple of years they're going to be in some type of rebuilding phase if they're already not in a year I don't know I say I don't think they're looking at it as we need to make these picks at some point 2027 20, mm-hmm. 20 that's too far away that's too that's further out than these guys look they just don't but what I think they are considering and this is they should is that you can only trade them once you can only use that you know when when it was getting rid of Russ for John Wall. I mean, do whatever you can't know because it's not about drafting that player. It's that once you've traded that pick, yep. you can't trade it again for something else. Even the Lakers, you know, as much as the league wants them to be good, are not allowed to trade the same pick twice. And so my look at my view of the draft picks would be I would want more players coming back. If 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 I'm giving you more draft stuff i'll give you one for Kyrie, because okay there's a difference there cost of doing business you know he helps Mm -hmm. me more and he's better player and it's it's a risk i'm willing to take even understanding what it means to get into business with Kyrie. but if you want me to start taking on other players or adding that second contract now i want more useful stuff back i want to be able to build out my team because if i just get Kyrie back and i start adding tht and i start adding kendrick nana now I've my team was thin anyway. The mm-hmm. Lakers are really thin anyway. If I trade THT and Kendrick Nunn, who are two of the best players on the bench, it's all relative. Yeah. Now I'm even I, I'm not I, I I've robbed Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. It's like I want stuff back. You know, if I'm gonna give you two picks, I want Joe Harris, I want Seth Curry, I want one more rando dude that you can throw at me. And I'd like to hold on to as much of my my human people as I can. The Russ contract is a perfect example of you could trade any contract in the NBA mm. for the most part. Will you stretch out a Luol Deng? You will. But for the most part, you can almost trade any contract in the NBA. And, and you know, frankly, I, I, I think people, if you, if you look at Rob Palenka and his tenure so far with the Lakers – Okay. His first year is when he technically his first year when Magic was gone, traded for Anthony Davis and Lakers cashed in. They win an NBA championship. The second year he goes and changes a lot of pieces. But by the way, I don't know how you felt in that offseason. I I thought Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell. Okay, you know what? Marcus, I think it was Wesley Matthews. I want to say it was Mm -hmm. that year as well. Um, It didn't seem like an awful offseason. However, AD gets injured. And doesn't does not get the opportunity to play out the series against the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix if, get to the if NBA he's Finals. Healthy, yep. The, the, if, if AD, I still believe if AD and is I'm healthy, I think and they I'm win you. that series. Okay, so really the only off season that you can look at under Palenka is obviously the last off season. What you traded, and I don't even mind what they traded. I didn't think trading Kuzma and KCP. I didn't think the world was going to end. And Montrez, who was really in the final year of his contract, and opt in whatever the case is. I didn't think it was the end of the world. It was just the mere fact that it went so bad, and he was such a bad fit. Now, AD still missed X amount of games, LeBron X amount of games that he ended up playing. And now you're kind of in this offseason that if you're able to find a way, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. if you can get Kyrie Irving and every headache that comes with him, which I still believe is worth it, and you could get a shooter or potentially two shooters out of it, not just any shooters, like real legitimate elite, shooters elite in the NBA, shooters. then I, I think we'd be sitting here and a lot of people would, I guess, in this offseason walk away saying, I don't know how Palenka just did it, but he pulled something off that puts the Lakers back in the mix that you and I didn't feel two months ago they had a shot well, of being back I in the I would mix. say that it would be the best landing you could possibly ask. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, I, we don't need to relitigate last year. I hated everything about that trade. Every because that trade, the reason they're in the box they're in now, where they only have minimum contracts and they don't have any exceptions and they don't have any of the stuff, is because last year's trade. of last year's mm-hmm. trade. And then choices like not resigning Alex Caruso. And all yep. That. So like, you put yourself in that position because you traded away your middle class in in KCP and Kuz and whatever Harold would, would have been worth and whatever. Right, right. The, that sort of middle class of your roster, and you put yourself in a position where our star power is going to have to be so dominant that it, you know, it'll just overwhelm. The talent will overwhelm. Now, I thought it was going to work better than it did. Still, pick, I hated the trade, but I still picked them to, to go deep into the playoffs. 
So I got that way wrong. But and that, that's that's the thing I, th- I think stood yeah. out for most people. It it's just not is how bad it. Went. Travis was sitting here and he was like, "Guys, I don't like the trade." But nobody would have said that. Okay, they're not going to make the playoffs. Well, you also they're thought guys were going to play in tournament. You also thought guys were going to play. So the, you know this this trade doesn't get them out of jail. It kind of changes the sentence a little bit. Yeah. But it at the very least gives them a roster for this season if if they can bring back other good players beyond just Kyrie. And, and I I don't know you know something like this is this something that's going to take. Are we going to be sitting here a week from now? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And still there's no deal done. Two weeks from now and Possibly. still no you know, yeah. no deal being done. So I, and I don't know who that benefits. I almost feel like for the Lakers, the longer this takes, I f- the less confident I would be that a deal is getting done. I think from Brooklyn's perspective. Okay. That's what they're banking on. The closer mm-hmm. this gets to the season and the reality of maybe the more we're desperate. Really, we're really going to go into this with Russ. We're really going to do this, mm-hmm. uh, that the Lakers will start to, to ask for less and give up more. Okay. Um, Jeannie Buss over the weekend sent out a tweet that I'm still trying to figure out what exactly it meant. And BK, maybe you and I can go. Uh, frame by frame yes. on this one to figure it out. So we'll do that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. I right, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, at 11, we will talk some Dodgers baseball. 1045, we got, um, hey, did you see Brian Kamenitsky, Alan Sliwa. BK, you, you were mentioning a point right when we went to break. We're, we're talking about Kyrie Irving. Um, if this thing is going to eventually happen, if it does happen, does the more time that goes by, who does it benefit which squad? Or is Brooklyn asking for too much? What's too much for the Lakers to give? What was your point on the KD process of this whole uh, this whole thing? To me, it just makes sense. Like for me, if I'm Brooklyn, I feel like I have to understand what's going to happen with KD. What's the market look like there? What can I get? Because that's the franchise altering trade. Yep. I hope I can get something back for Kyrie. Maybe I can. Maybe I can. It's a soft market. The Lakers really are Damn, do appear. Has his value just well because gone. Here's the scenario. This happened. This used to like I remember a decade ago or okay. whatever it was now with Andrew Bynum. Lakers are getting to a point where Andrew Bynum is going to have to be. You're going to have to either choose to let him go for nothing or sign him to an extension. And I want no part of that decision. None. I don't want to be anywhere near that. So eventually he gets traded, Philadelphia signs him, and the rest is, yeah. is history. Barely plays. Mm-hmm. That's where teams are right now with Kyrie. You could do the thing that Toronto did where it's like one year of Kawhi, he might walk at the end of it, but it's worth it because he gives us a thing. But if you're a team that wants to kind of build something, thinks that maybe you 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 maybe need a three-year window or something like sure. that, now you're, now you're putting yourself in a position where you have to give up assets and you have to commit to Kyrie. This year... Kyrie's probably going to, you know, behave because he wants to get paid. Nobody is that uh, iconoclastic that he's like, I don't even care if I get my next $75 million. Sure you do. You just picked up the $36 million, so you, you know, wouldn't give up the thirty. You care enough, you know, despite being one of those people who leads us fearlessly into yeah. tomorrow. Um, so, so the KD but, piece. But do you want to have to extend him? So maybe there's a market there. Maybe there's not. KD... That's what changes your franchise. Can you do a Rudy Gobert deal where you get 
five draft picks and pick swaps and a couple good young Better players. Be able to. Right. right. Whatever it is, where's the market? Who's going to give you something for that? And I feel like once you know those things, you can kind of turn your attention to Kyrie. If you can get something for Kyrie that makes you happy right away, okay. But if not, you'll wait it out. And by the way, that's what's probably, he going to do? Well, that's the best way to put it too. It's not like your franchise is waiting on Kyrie. No, your franchise is waiting on KD. Uh-huh. And once Kevin Durant, once you find some type of a deal for Kevin Durant, whether it's with Phoenix or Miami or Toronto or the seems like it's not going to happen, the Golden State Warriors, or maybe there's just dark horse team that is waiting in the wings to get an opportunity to have KD join their franchise. That, of course, is by far the biggest piece that your franchise is waiting on. Once that goes down, then you can right. worry about Kyrie. I, I, that's, how I, that's how I would prioritize mm-hmm. it. I would take the most important thing and really prioritize that, unless you think somehow moving Kyrie is going to make it easier to move Durant. But I don't see that. So there was a tweet that came out. This was on, I think, a Saturday night. Saturday mm-hmm. night? Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. Um Jeannie Buss, governor of the Lakers, sends out a tweet. I'm going to read it here. I miss KB, Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own. Then everything would fall into place. All can reply. When I first saw the tweet, I, I got my. You know, sometimes you you got to read something over again. It's like, okay, let me actually make sure that I understand what she's trying to say here. Yes. That was two days ago. And I could give my assumptions, but I still don't really truly understand mm-hmm. what she was trying to say there. Did you, what What came to your mind when she said, because I listen, I could go into it and say, when she says I miss KB, I, he would understand, explain everything that I'm not allowed to. And, and the fact here that he understood team over self the only thing I'm thinking to myself, okay, you got to be talking about one of these Lakers on the team, right? That's that's the that's well, that's the problem with the tweet. But like that that was my assumption. But then it's like, who is he? Is she subtweeting Russ? Is she subtweeting you know Kyrie, who's on his way here, who you know loved Kobe and like you know just to remind him of what Kobe's legacy was, um, or is she just describing Kobe? You know, I mean, I. There's so much going on in here that, you know, is probably tied to, you know, like real feelings of grief and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. But then, you know, you read the sentence that really got my attention, which was he would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. If there's like this sort of like little hint of, of, of she wants victimhood. to say something. Uh, well, or yeah, like I'm being criticized here. You, I'm, I'm getting beaten up here for stuff that if, if people knew the truth. If people knew what really was going on, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be subject to this criticism from Laker fans about the direction of the franchise or, or where things are going. Kobe would be able to, like, vouch and explain this for me, which, okay, I, kind of a weird way to use Kobe's memory, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving their sort of relationship and like legit sorrow sure, of course. out of it. I mean, yep. these are real. She's a real person. With real emotions. What I don't like in here is the victimhood that kind of comes through. Like, I'm being picked on. I'm being unfairly blamed for things. Stuff's, stuff's gone in a direction that if people knew what was happening. They wouldn't be pointing the finger they at me. They'd understand the explanation. And, and, and the, we're putting team first and all this other stuff. Maybe that's not what she meant. But, but, that, it's, but how am I supposed to interpret that? This that's thing? what I was going to say. That kind of... The problem with what is it, 140 40 characters on Twitter, whatever the case is. Uh-huh. Problem is when you're trying to, especially because Jeannie is not out there tweeting all the time. No. She's not out there. I would, you know, I, I would look at Jeannie much more calculated. Of if she's going to send something, listen, right, or read it properly because she's not going to just do it three times a day where it's going to lose some of its power. And for me, uh, on this, if part of the conversation is like you just mentioned where she is, man, if you only knew what happens behind the scenes, you know, don't be pointing the finger at me if you only knew what kind of happens. Stuff uh, I can't say. Stuff I right. can't say or stuff that I can't control. It's funny, I, I, I don't really typically, when things are going bad for the Lakers, I don't typically look at Jeannie. I, I, at least in my in my own little world, mm-hmm. and I've said this plenty of times, it's 
the Palenka piece of it that I, I usually go after, and that's just because he's the president of basketball operations. Right. We've given him credit for certain things, so at the same time, you got to also kind of look at him specifically. I, I mentioned this to— But I'm, who signs his checks? No question about it, and I get it. Your owner and your CEO, that's the most important mm-hmm. piece with any company because eventually it's going to trickle down who did you hire— did you hire the right person? Are you putting the right people into positions? Are they then hiring the right people, you know, down Darvin Ham and just going from there? But I look at him day to day because he's the one that, you know, we talked about. That trade last year for Russ really was one of those deals that you look back on and it could kind of determine your future in the league or at least determine your future uh-huh. with the Lakers. <laughs> and I've said this to Travis plenty of times that this summer is kind of the summer of Palenka. You either find a way to kind of fix that mess that started a year ago, or you don't, and you're stuck with Russ for another year, and the Lakers are still in this fringe. Do we make the playoffs? Do we not? Bronze a year older and everything else. And I I will say this, to be fair to Rob, like I've been very critical, and I'm still not sure he's particularly good at his job. You just hear too many stories about little details and stuff they do and and the the thought processes and things they hold dear and all that. Um, But I will say, the, it is worse to have a GM who is GMing for his job than it is to have a coach who's coaching for his job because the GM has both the duty to the current team but also that kind of long-term right. duty where you have to really think of the future of the franchise. GMs where who he think could they're going to get fired. There or right. not. Yep. GMs who think they're going to be fired have far less interest in what's going to happen five years down the road. So Palenka's current unwillingness to just give away those draft picks to get rid of Russ – I think speaks well of the work he's doing. Hmm. But that said, yeah, I mean, this is ultimately Jeannie and how she, you know, the processes that she allows to have happen in the organization and who she hires and who has influence. And, you know, if, if the Lakers were bullied into making the Westbrook trade by clutch or LeBron and AD and whatever, that that's Rob and Jeannie. Yeah. That's on you. That's on you guys. Say no, say no. Um, I think Jeannie is the type of owner in spirit that every fan would want because she obviously cares, she cares. deeply right. about the team. Mm-hmm. There are parts about the management aspects of it, of being the bad guy. When you're the CEO, when you're the owner, you you have to be the bad guy. You have to be willing to just take you know blank from fans and idiots. Comes and with all the territory. Just, it's just yep. part of it. I don't know if she likes that part, if she's comfortable with that part. You know, I thought of when I read this, meaning your rewards would come if you value team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. All can reply. The only thing I was thinking of in my head was, and I don't think she would do this in a tweet, but LeBron's goals Mm -hmm. are obviously going to be different than what the Lakers' goals are. Now, at the same time, Bron came to the Lakers – when the franchise was at its absolute low. Right. And since that moment, even if his career ended, if he decided to retire this morning, he still is going to walk Which away. Would make for unbelievable really good. content yeah, between now and 1 o'clock. 11 I mean, o'clock wow. would be amazing. I mean, 11 really, o'clock that would hour be amazing. would be fire. Just throwing that off, yeah. throwing that out there. But it would, it, it would do something where, you know, Bron could retire and he won an NBA championship for the Lakers, and you can never question that. Uh-huh. So when I'm reading this, you know, part of this, if you value team goals over your own, then everything would fall into place. I don't know why Braun came into my head, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it is a rust. But isn't but isn't this the problem? Isn't this why this tweet caused yes, so much? Because like, I could make an assumption and be way off, everyone, and she could be sitting back and be, saying, what the hell are you talking there about? There could be nothing to it. There could be everything to it. And when you're the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers at a time where you're just kind of getting back on you, you had the, the, the one of the worst seasons in franchise history, not just by record, but by expectations and disappointment. And you just got through that. And then you have the debacle that was the process of firing Frank, yeah. which was awful and like really hurt the Lakers around the league. Mm. You have a good process with Darvin Ham. You buy your way into the second round. You make a couple you know, good little signings. You know, you seem like you've kind of brought some calm to the thing. You have this now. You have this Kyrie thing going on where everybody's there a lot, of, and you throw this bomb 
into it. I get she's a person with real human emotions, yep. feeling sad about Kobe, as many people do who were close to him and even people who weren't. But you're also the owner of the Lakers. And you can't, she doesn't get to make a tweet like that that's just sort of emotional and cryptic and weird and put it out there for because she just can't and the reason and the reason why is because our show and first take and every all these shows are going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what what the hell this what does this mean right what does it mean and when i say i thought of braun i didn't think of lebron james from a basketball perspective i thought of braun of maybe clutch Mm -hmm. right i thought of braun of um hey i'm i'm at this franchise i have as much power as anybody else and I want to see the Kyrie deal go down. But I, I think you explained it perfect. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. There's no... Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Understanding of what she means, unless she came out and explained it. But there's just enough there for us to make assumptions where she's talking about Kyrie, she's talking about Russ, is she talking about LeBron? Mm-hmm. Is she talking about, oh, I, I don't know what she's talking about. She's talking about her, uh, the front office. I have literally no idea what she's talking about. It was just enough there for us to make assumptions that probably 95% are wrong. Oh, sure, at least. Maybe 98. Maybe 98%. Yeah. Maybe 98%. Right, Dodgers um, did something that they haven't done in a while as far as uh, this season has gone. They're starting to kind of build a little bit of cushion in the NL West. Took three or four from the Padres. Won yesterday against the Rockies. The pitching has been unbelievable. We're going to talk some Dodgers baseball coming up at the top of the hour at 11 a.m. But coming up next, Hey Did You See on the Travis and Sleba Show, 710 ESPN. All right, Taylor, what do you got over there, buddy? Hey, guys. Did you see that a kangaroo was on the loose in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, after a parrot set it free, forcing the owners of the exotic pet to give up their pet? So what animals should absolutely never be kept as pets, Brian? Mm -mm. After the parrot set it free? Yeah. Do we yeah, have information uh, on, on how that happened? The parrot was arrested, actually. Well, parrots have beaks and I, claws that they I, can, you know, I feel release, like you buried the, the lead. I feel like you really buried the lead here where the parrot freed the, the kangaroo. Are they friends? So these I were just, owners of a zoo formerly, and they, they kept the kangaroo and, and the parrot, which is, you know, not illegal to own in Louisiana. Sure. I mean, what is? Afterwards. And I think that the parrot might have been sick of living with a kangaroo, so it let it free. I think the parrot was looking out for his buddy. To be honest with you, I, I think, think there this comes is a, buddy a point. Comedy. Like I think they left comes together, a point. didn't they? This could. By the way, how is that not the next big Disney movie? Parrot, a parrot, a parrot, and a kangaroo, and a kangaroo on the lamb. They're on the run. They're on the land trying to get out, and then eventually the parrot gets out. The problem is they probably already caught the kangaroo and. They call think it, of yeah. all the fun things you could do where the parrot like goes into the little kangaroo pouch and presents yep. it's his Joey. Yep. Like all those little like fun mistakes. You're gonna tell things. me your kids don't want to see a parrot and a kangaroo. Like buddy crime yeah. animation thing? Absolutely. What's the question again? Did I ruin the question? No, I'm not sorry. at all. So the question was what what animal should never be kept as a pet? This one's easy for me. Hmm. Well, when I see somebody has a tiger. Or somebody has just got a lion, or they got any of these. Some of your friends? Let's just say any oh, so of he's these. He's describing a San Diego weekend. 
Yeah. Any of these uh, cats, probably not a good idea. Eventually, what what people also have? Oh, I had it when it was, uh, you know, when it was just born. I'm like, yeah, because it's not going to grow, and then eventually right. eat your face. Eat your face. I think those for me are the ones that. Probably got to go. Yeah, yeah, I think the list starts with anything that's endangered. I think that's that's a good place to begin. Um, you know, tigers and, and lions and, and and stuff like that. But like grizzly bears aren't endangered. It seems like a bad idea. Um, eh. So you ask, <laughs> Ben? So you ask? You ever watch those? By the way, I get I get caught up in this stuff. Go watch uh, National Geographic, something like that, and they'll have footage of. Well, I forget the guy's name, but for. I don't know, three months out of the year, he would go to Alaska mm-hmm. and he would just record the bears and his interaction with the bears. He was eventually killed. Grizzly man, yeah. Grizzly man. I've seen that. He was they eventually killed. By but, the bear. Horrific. But he was, I mean, he was going out for years, like eight to ten years or just something Just living like amongst them. Living amongst them. Hmm. It's like, how do you think this thing's going to end? That tiger ain't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Koala That's bears, by the way, perfect horrible way to put pets. It. Really nasty little animals. They're oh, really? cute and cuddly and adorable. They yeah. are nasty. You little had creatures. one for three years, right? I did. Yeah. I did. That's and how I, I learned the hard way. Then, yeah, I was about to make that joke. Good job. Next up, did you see that 405 million pounds of fireworks were set off in 2020 alone? So I don't know about you, but in my neighborhood, in 2020, okay, yeah, it seems like people just are setting off fireworks until August. So. How long after the 4th of July is it appropriate to set off fireworks, Sleet? Uh, July 5th. That should probably do it. Today should be the final day where you get a couple stragglers out there that's like, hey, you know what? I didn't get a chance to do it yesterday. didn't have the proper supplies. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear it on July 19th. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think July 5th is the right day to call anything it Anything further than that, I think you, know, you have a right to be narked on by your next door app. You guys don't want to come to my neighborhood. They did fire off fireworks on April twentieth. Okay, <laughs> let me ask you guys because it, yeah. it seemed like Fourth Fourth of July, particularly during the pandemic, Fourth of July started in like mid May. Yep. Yeah. This year it was way down. Like the 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 just constant booming up until like last night was way down. What time did you guys first hear fireworks yesterday? Oh, noon. Oh, I heard it ten o'clock in the morning for me. Nine ten. Yeah. That's a little early. What's the point? Okay, here's my question. Uh huh. Let's say there's a 15-minute fireworks show. Every every 4th of July, I say the same thing to myself. Do you guys remember this? A couple years back in San Diego, there they accidentally exploded all the fireworks within like 35 seconds. Okay, It was an accident. So they took 15 minutes, 17 minutes, 20 minutes worth of fireworks, and they all went off at once, and they were done in 37 seconds, something like 32 seconds, whatever the case was. Do you guys want to see 15 minutes of fireworks, or would you rather see five minutes of fireworks and just freaking give me... I want to see the San Diego thing a couple years ago I'll, where they I'll... shot off 7,000 at once. Did you see it or no? I saw the video. Okay, yeah, that, that's a video. Uh, yeah, give me okay, that. Okay, so, so if, you can, if you can have it any duration you want, give me the greatest one minute or give me 15 minutes drawn out. I just want to see it because I've seen the Disneyland fireworks show. And yeah. all that. They're, they're, they're great. I get it. It's fine. But like, there's times I forget the fireworks are going on. I've never seen 7,000 shot off at one time. So I think we could all, they should have, you know, there should be an area in LA that this is what they do. No, no, I, I, yeah, you can go watch the one over in Pasadena. You go watch the one over wherever the hell you are. And those take 15, 17 minutes. We are known for the minute and a half fireworks. I think a lot of people will come to it. Same amount, same number. Same amount. I think a lot of people it's will come to grand, it. It's the grand finale from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning. I, I, Anybody else that. buying in, or am I the only one? Taylor, yeah, coming to that show? Minute. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I don't, I'll, I'll do I don't a 30-second fireworks show. Yeah, I don't need I'm any fine with that. anymore. Funches yeah. wants to cut it in half. Yeah. Then it's too long for him. Okay, on the 4th of July theme, did you see that 150 million hot dogs are eaten on each 4th of July? So how many hot dogs can you eat in one minute, Brian? Is this with the bun? With the bun. Now, I, I don't want to call myself an expert here, but you got to dip that bun. You got to dip that bun. You are an expert. You are an expert. It's got to literally. You got to dump it in the water. But Alan and then actually has it out a literal then, number that he can cite. To but can you beat that? Question. One minute, maybe. One, I wouldn't try. One minute. Um, if you get two hot dogs down in a minute, yeah, I'd say a couple. A minute is going to go tight. by very, very fast. 
Wasn't Joey Chestnut eating like 60? 66? Yeah. He yeah. 66. He ate 66. Okay, but what's the record? What, the record what, is 76. Here's my question with Joe, and it's from Joey, Joey Chestnut, yeah. What happened to his game? He lost 10 hot dogs in that span. Still won. Still winning titles. He's just coasting yeah. now. Well, LeBron can't put up triple doubles every night. He's getting older. Still an so MVP for him, it's Still because of his candidate. age. Yeah, right. Exactly. What heartburn. What I mean, guy doesn't. I mean, have to, also too, like to to some degree, the competition's also catching up to him. Possibly, if you, know? you feel like you're not going to get the record, wouldn't you just coast to whatever one more hot dog than you need to win would be? Like, why okay, eat, I think eat you extra take, hot dog? I think you take two hot dogs down in a minute. I might, maybe, but we're not. Gonna, we're never. Gonna have you guys find ever? Out. Have you guys ever done anything like that? We're trying to eat as many of those as possible. No, it's I've always wanted to, but never, never did. So do you get barbecue after that, after you eat 60 hot dogs, or how does that work? You just don't eat for the next five days? You get ramen. I usually go. What did a, you eat? When was it? After you and Mace had your hot dog thing. Yeah, I had a two and a half hour show after. Oh, God. So we did it during crosstalk at the time. Uh, right. Right? So Mace was just done, and then he's like, all right, I'm all done right. for the so day. So what, what was your next meal? When were you hungry again? When, um, when did you eat food again? The next day, probably two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And what like did you eat? Were you like the very hungry caterpillar and ate like one nice green actually. leaf? I can't remember dogs. what the hell I ate. We did it on a Friday, so I didn't have to. I can't remember what I ate the next day. It's disgusting. I'm getting a little yeah. nauseous even thinking about it. Sorry, was, I brought it up. That was terrible. Yeah. Okay, one more, guys. <laughs> did you see that an American Airlines passenger spent nearly four hours trying to rebook his seats over the phone before giving up? and instead driving an hour to the ticket counter at the Denver airport. He got it done quicker. So, yeah, I'm hearing some nightmare stories right now about the uh, mm-hmm. airlines. Are you this petty, Slee? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't think I would do that. I, That's I think not petty. I, I, it's That's actually effective. strategic. Yeah. yeah, it's strategic. I would I take my chances on the phone, but the way I'm hearing all these different stories about how awful it is right now to book a flight or – as American Airlines did it, as I understand, they know they're going to cancel the flight, but they're just booking everybody. They're booking everybody either way so that they could just keep the dollars in and say, oh, we'll give you a, you know, a flight down the road, wherever the case is. Um, I would probably stay on the phone. I don't think I'm driving over there. I would go. I, my time is worth something because I can be on hold when I'm when I'm on my way to the airport. I can, you know, I got my Bluetooth on. That's I got point. everything right up to the yep. And if, I, if I'd rather spend... Because like the, what if I get disconnected? Mm-hmm. Like any of that? Oh, that happens I'm just, every time. Right, I'm just well, you're go, two hours I'm, in. Yeah, I'm and going. Then you get I'm, I would go. I'd so are you walking up to the desk with them on speakerphone? Yes, basically, uh, right up to the point where like, do I need to keep holding or can I? Can it's I? A good idea. It's good idea. I, I actually plan. think that's brilliant. And you know what? I'm just going to the airport. I like that man. All right, the Dodgers are um, continuing to further their lead in the NOS. I want to talk about the weekend that they had because it really was incredibly impressive what the starting pitching did and their separation in the NOS. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here, Travis and Sleva Show on 710 ESPN.